Hello, hello, welcome back. I'm Evelyn Zuhl and you are watching the Mystic Parlor podcast or YouTube channel. And I'm going to go through the August transits so that you can get an idea and scope of what to expect with the astrology for the month ahead. So I'm gonna go ahead and share my screen with you and we will get the first but the first aspect or the first astrological um, event up on the screen, and it is the full moon, the full moon, which is on August 1st at 1131 a.m. Pacific daytime. So I am recording in California. So all of the times that you'll see are for the West Coast. So here we have the full moon. It's at nine degrees Aquarius, 15 minutes, and the sun, respectively, is at nine degrees Leo, 15 minutes. And as you can see, this full moon has a square to Jupiter. When Jupiter is making a square to the sun, especially when the sun is in Leo, there is a battle of the wills. There is a sort of expression of self that needs to come out, um, an internal struggle with what you know to be true and what you believe in yourself. And this is a time to experiment and explore and unleash your unabridged version of who you are. The moon being in Aquarius gives us a sense of detachment. And the sun is in Leo, which is ego identity. So there's a bit of emotional detachment from our egos and our sense of selves in order to allow us to open up and evolve our beliefs around identity and who we are. What this can look like for some people is that when it comes to hanging out with your friends, um, you may notice that maybe you are just a little bit less detached, a bit more uh, exploratory in your expressions, and you might say, do, think, or express yourself in ways that you normally wouldn't. Uh, Moon in Aquarius is that emotionally distant perspective or observational uh, moon, and which is more scientific and cold in its expression. When the moon is in Aquarius, we are also engaging with our friends. Friendship is so important. And Raven Caldera, one of my favorite astrologers, um, wrote a book about every single moon phase, and he dubbed this moon the friendship moon because of the aspects between Leo and Aquarius, which is community, friendship, creativity, um, sharing yourself with a community or an audience. Um, which would be Aquarius, and then Leo would be the personal uh, personal self-expression. So the T-square with Jupiter, um, the fixed signs, again, all the fixed signs are having these sorts of uh, intricate dynamic experiences with Jupiter, Uranus, and Pluto when it comes back into Aquarius. And so the relationship in the fix, when we're in the fixed cross, is usually tense um, because the fixed signs don't like to change unless they absolutely need to and so therefore when we get into these t-squares crosses oppositions what have you in the fixed signs that means that there's a strong inner tension that's coming up or external tension oftentimes it'll be external especially with the fixed signs because it requires an external force in order to get a fixed sign to budge oftentimes so uh, we may find that you are forced to or there's an external belief system that comes through or a message or information that is either counter to your views of who you are as a person and that you need to adjust said views readjust, reevaluate, and re-identify who you are amongst your friends and amongst your community. So community is very important. That's going to be a big highlight with this full moon. 
Also within this full moon, we have a yod, a yod, which is between Venus, Neptune, and the south node. And we can see that right here. Here's Neptune, here's Venus in Leo, where she is retrograde, and then making a connection to that south node. Uh, typically, we won't, we wouldn't consider this an actual traditional yod because of the fact that the nodes are not actual planets, they're just invisible points in the sky. And so I'll just preface it by saying that it, this might not necessarily be, um, you know, something that most astrologers or traditional astrologers would even consider. However, as someone who has a yod in her chart, I find it very fascinating whenever I do see yodes, uh, because it's the finger of God, a yod is a is a tie is an aspect that elicits a uh movement that seems destined predestined or fated so when we have venus here neptune here both retrograde and the south node it means that there could be something that comes back from the past regarding your relationships that needs your focus needs your attention um and you know usually it'll be either awarenesses that come to fruition around your behavior in past relationships that maybe you had not noticed or did not consider before so it's the past coming back neptune is that clouded illusory energy and then there's a connection to venus so it could be wow i didn't realize maybe how blind I was in that scenario, or I didn't realize how I was behaving, I wasn't aware, so things like I'm not aware of, I don't recognize or see, um, those are all themes with inconjuncts between Venus and Neptune. Also, we have a Mercury opposite Saturn right here, and then also a Mars trine Jupiter for the full moon. So Mercury Mercury opposite Saturn here, uh, here where we are. Oh, okay, so exact, pretty much, getting there. Uh, Mercury, which is the planet of the mind, information, data, and Saturn, which is rules, restrictions, and regulations, comes by to essentially tell us, hey, you're not, you can't do that. Uh, you're not allowed to do that. That's not appropriate. You shouldn't be doing it this way, so on and so forth. With Mercury and Virgo, go, we go into automatic fix-it mode. Oh, okay, well, what do I need to do now to make it better? How do I fix it? How do I rearrange this? It's a bit of an anxious Mercury placement. Uh, very productive, though. So something to consider that influences the full moon energy. There's a lot of excitement today uh, with this full moon, the confidence, your relationship to your confidence also gets brought up either you are working on building more confidence or you're working on tempering your confidence because perhaps your confidence has gotten you into trouble or problems in the past. And so you become aware of where it is important for you to be more humble versus confident and then vice versa for those who are working on building confidence it is a great time to um, actively do things, communicate, share with people your creative skills. So moving along on August 9th, we have Venus retrograde squaring Uranus and then also Mercury trine Jupiter. August 9th is a day for change. Some of us may initiate changes in the dynamics between ourselves and romantic partners through communicating helpful insights um, and simple solutions. Today certainly can put some strain in areas of relationships um, and also areas of your life that requires collaboration and for you to mediate between your needs and someone else's needs. Uh, we may also experience deep needs for attention and affection. Um, the way through is practical, simple, and data-driven communication. So with this Mercury trine Jupiter, there's an abundance of 
information coming through and also a wealth of information that in, and wisdom that can be easily tapped into and utilized with the mercury or i'm sorry the venus retrograde square uranus it is it can put us into moments of detachment with our loved ones and it can make us feel like outsiders in the relationship or maybe misunderstood so it's a really great learning opportunity on august 9th august 13th is when venus and the moon and the sun conjunct in leo so this is a really impactful day we'll probably hear a lot about it from all of the astrologers and people on instagram um whoever you follow and i just want to get to the exact point when venus conjuncts the sun and moves into her morning star phase and because the moment of conjunction is really important since this venus cycle is pushing her into the morning star phase what is the Venus morning star? I love talking about Venus morning star so much because it's um, the story of the divine feminine uh, in terms of not necessarily women, but the internal um, chaotic, mystical aspects of life, which come to view and come to fruition when Venus is in the morning star position um venus conjuncts the sun initiating her into her position as the illuminator of wisdom many many myths around the globe have two different names for venus it is her morning star phase and it is her evening star phase that have two different names two different faces and when venus is in the morning star phase she is connected to the archetype of lucifer um, in one tradition or um in the mayan tradition she is connected to zolotl uh, which is quetzalcoatl's brother so quetzalcoatl and zolotl zoaxel zoaxel i'm like seeing the name x o a t l in my brain but the the uh the dyslexia you know it's kicking in anywho um when Venus moves into her morning star phase, she is uh, first through the conjunction being hidden by the sun. So she's being blasted away. She's infusing her wisdom and glory with the suns. And when she comes out of her of hiding from the sun, then we'll start to see her light in the morning when she comes back into view she will bring with her deeper awareness around how we can show up and exude radical self-acceptance venus will fall into contact with the sun and become crowned the morning star once again bringing forth wisdom insights and illumination from the shadows venus making moves to shake us out of our complacency in relationships and romance she is loud especially in leo a morning star venus in leo she's not going to let anyone walk over her she is going to make sure that everyone knows <laughs> and everyone sees her brilliance and her wisdom um, people who are born with the morning star phase are pretty radical individuals especially women that i've known or feminine identifying people who lean more on the feminine spectrum have a radical way of self-expression um, they don't take crap from anyone they cannot be contained um, they will not be told how to love who to love or when to love they have a very interesting relationship to love romance and sex that is oftentimes alternative radical or non-traditional um, for the sake of opening up our eyes and you know consciously or unconsciously to enact the archetype of the radical untamed unkept woman um, 
So while we are going through the Venus conjunction with the sun, some questions that you can ask yourself is what has Venus retrograde been activating for you the past couple of weeks? And have you noticed a marked shift in the way you have been navigating love, money, and resources? Is there a difference within how you actively seek out finances and money and how you engage with your material world? When Venus is in Leo, you know it's quite opulent. She's opulent, she makes big gestures, she likes to be seen, she's not going away quietly. So when Venus is retrograde in Leo, we are kind of loud, we're kind of needy. We're telling people what we want, we are telling people what our needs are, we're seeking affection actively. So all these things around that, like, you know, ask yourself, what does it mean? How does it feel for you? Is this a new experience? Um, one thing that's uh, been quite interesting with Venus retrograde is, as we all know, the past comes into the present once again. So past relationships, and this could be potentially your more dramatic relationships, that didn't have closure come back to have closure. Um, there's, you know, more of a demand of why did this happen or why don't you like me or what is your problem <laughs> with me? <laughs> Tell me now. So Venus will be retrograde until September 3rd and then she'll station direct at 12 degrees, 12 minutes Leo. The day after that conjunction, we have a new moon. August 16th, we have the new moon in Leo at 23 degrees, 17 minutes at 2.38 a.m. Pacific time. The new moon in Leo will be making a square to Uranus, a conjunction with Venus retrograde and a trine to the North Node which is a wonderful change because of all of the south node activity that we've been having and this uh, kind of uh, past becomes present energy with all of the planets retrograde. Now with a new moon in Leo, we have a bit of forward movement happening. We can start to plan ahead. We can start to plant the seeds and look forward into the future without so much focus on the past and what is being regurgitated from the past. With the new moon in Leo, we of course always fall back to the themes of new moons, which is planting seeds, starting fresh, starting new things. Um, the moon is absent so she is by the sun we can't see her and her light is dark and in the darkness of the night during the new moons oftentimes it feels a bit cold it feels a bit um it's dark we're in the shadows we're going within and there isn't a lot of desire typically i mean for me anyway i don't really like going outside or socializing during new moons it's just i feel so drained i'm usually tired um but with it being in leo i think it might be a bit of a different story and also with the trine to the north node we might actually feel a bit more um alive energized there might be more that we're ready to embark on with especially the new moon squaring uranus so this is like a need for change change is paramount it is necessary it's important so although new moons typically are a time when you are feeling into yourself integration period uh introspection this new moon is going to feel a bit more energized a bit more jazzed um and excited uh uranus 
is doing things to us where we are questioning who we are. <laughs> How fun. Um, it's making us detach from ourselves, our self-expression. And for some of us, that can be really helpful, especially for those who tend to be more shy or have more stage fright. This is going to be a really great time to get out and get past your insecurities about expressing yourself and sharing your creative endeavors. Um, also, this might elicit some desires to change who, how you present yourself. Um, for people who are in the creative fields, you might desire a, a rebrand. Uh, you might just feel shaken up and just like, realizing where in your life your work or your community or just various parts of your life are not um, reflecting 100% who you feel and believe that you are. So, you know, Leo, of course, is really, um, Leo is all about being true to yourself, being honest and being like your truest version of who you are no matter what people think so this is a time where we get to distance ourselves from parts of who we are old ways things that we just don't identify with anymore in order to create a new vision of ourselves and so you know for some people that could just be changing your wardrobe changing your hair color doing something that makes you feel a bit more alive radically different um and just bringing in more excitement into your life also too since uranus connects us with community there may be some struggles with friendships or community that is creating changes and rifts within your social and um, professional working life. Since community reaches out to professional communities, so coworkers, um, peers, and also, you know, we have various different communities that we're all a part of in various aspects of our lives. Um, so that is changing your identity within a community is changing and also you may be taking your identity more seriously within your community um or you may realize that there's i mean i have to cover as many bases as possible because everyone's chart is different um or also with the uranus squaring the new moon can be a time where you are being forced by a community to acknowledge parts of yourself that maybe you were too shy to acknowledge. Could also be a time where you're feeling pressure from your friends or pressure from, um, again, your community uh, to show up and to be here and to say something and to make a stand. So we'll see what happens. Um, we will keep an eye on that. And then moving forward, we have on August 23rd, Mercury stations retrograde at 21 degrees, 51 minutes Virgo. Boop, 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 boop. And I don't adhere too much to the um, to the shadow um, dialogue or discourse around Mercury retrograde. Um, I do know that for some people, the shadow period, which is two weeks before Mercury stations retrograde, it's um, potent for them. Uh, if you're Virgo rising, Gemini rising, Sun, Moon, Virgo, Gemini, or even have Mercury and Virgo or Gemini, you probably will be more attuned to the shadow period. Personally, I, I don't know. I haven't really seen patterns uh, with the shadow period in my life that equate to it. I'm pretty classical in my astrology style, so once it hits that RX, uh, 21 degrees, 51 minutes is when it goes to retrograde. And so that's kind of how I see it. I don't consider the 
two weeks prior two weeks post um shadow because that's just too long then that's like almost two months it's, yeah like two months of mercury retrograde bananas and we just you know mercury's a fast planet so going into it um mercury is retrograde until september 15th and then stations direct at eight degrees in virgo not only that but on the 23rd if you noticed the sun over here uh ingresses into virgo which begins the virgo season and for those of us who are on the northern hemisphere it is now officially the last month of summer and virgo initiates us into the last parts of the summer season where we are starting to prepare for fall we're starting to um you know get all of our ducks in a row Virgo is all about doing the daily tasks and chores, preparing for the coming following season, which is the fall. And the fall is when we are harvesting. So Virgo is getting ready for the harvest. Um, it's preparing all of our tools. It's preparing, it's organizing, it's adding things up. It's collecting all the information. It's seeing what we have, uh, taking stock and what we need more of, um, just making sure that we are in order for the next coming season that is uh, bringing in with it all of the activity of harvest. And for in the Southern hemisphere, that would be spring so also during this time with mercury retrograde in virgo i do want to talk about that a bit more mercury retrograde in virgo normally you know well not normally i guess i should say whenever mercury is retrograde in either an air sign or virgo we definitely feel it much more we definitely feel the the mental sort of inversion happening the miscommunication and now that it's in virgo it's reorienting or it's like kind of refocusing our minds on information that may not be necessary or may be redundant um, we might get overwhelmed with information easier we might find that we are getting confused with information or maybe we're hyper focusing on things that don't need to be hyper focused on well in other ways it can be really great time for research and it could be a really wonderful time to go back into either old pro old projects or old research um projects that you may have had in the past that you left to the side to come back to those things and finish them up um you know even old like it's great for to editing so if you have to edit edit videos writing um photos what have you um it's a good time to go back and edit out the unnecessary parts of something uh, Virgo, I call Virgo the great editor of the Zodiac because Virgo is able to see the uh, missing pieces or what's not right in a situation. Virgo kind of has a hyperfixation on the missing pieces or the negative um, on the things that don't work cohesively so they're very great at being able to see where oh that's that needs to be fixed so fixing things you might find that you are fixing things that you put off um household thing i don't know maybe your dishwasher needs to be <laughs> needs to be uh you gotta have the plumber come by or you know so it's really oftentimes just more mundane um tasks that come up and nothing that I would really worry too much about um, only just being very cautious of data and information and also 
noticing when you are possibly overly hyper fixating on information that's not necessarily important or conducive to the project at hand. So moving along, uh, August 27th, Mars enters Libra. So with Mars in Libra, Mars in Libra is, Mars is debilitated in Libra because Mars traditionally rules Aries and Scorpio. And when Mars is in the opposite sign of what it rules or any of the planets are in opposite signs of what they rule, it means that they're in um, debility. So it's debilitated in Libra and that is because Mars likes to, not likes, but Mars is the planet of action, of movement, force, power, expression, of will. And we all have this in us. We all have um, a way that we move through life and everyone moves through life differently. For instance, if you have a Mars and Taurus, it might take you a bit longer to take action on something, but when you do, you do it and you do it very, very pragmatically and for a long time and very eloquently. Mars and Libra is not gonna do anything until it knows what someone else is gonna do. So with Mars in Libra, the focus is now going to be on what other people are doing. And there might be more drama that comes up because of that. Because when you're focusing on how other people are behaving in order to orient your actions, that means that there's gonna be some judgment, which is a Libra keyword. Um, Libra is associated with the tarot card judgment. Um, judgment oh and justice i'm sorry uh justice because there is a <laughs> judgment on behaviors actions morals stances values and libra's constantly weighing out to weighing out everyone's opinions and beliefs in order to come to one sound balanced way of thinking or acting, the fairness. So Mars is um, going to be putting us in a space of, again, focusing on other people and what other people are doing. And it can be helpful because it's good to learn that way. It's good to see how other people are moving through life, what they're doing, how they're acting in order to uh, gauge how you should be acting or not acting. Um, but again, as I said, because of that, because of more of the pe more people looking at other people or how other people are doing things, there just might be more drama because of it, because there's going to be more opinions, because people have opinions about everything we do. So there might be a lot of opinions, judgments, critiques, criticisms going around about how other people are doing things. Um, Mars and Libra also is uh has a hard time taking action initially without overthinking so there can be a lot of procrastination that happens when mars is in libra and so for for those of us who have mars in libra already then it is a mars return and we're going to be watching everyone else <laughs> participate in uh mars libra behaviors uh also with mars and libra there can be a lot of focus on um the justice system the judiciary branch in the united states or any other country also uh focusing on the fairness of what is right and what is wrong and how judges are ruling either in or out of favor of people uh what else let's see and then the day after uranus stations retrograde uranus is retrograde in taurus until january 26th and turn stations direct at 19 degrees five minutes 
Uranus is retrograde for five months. So this is a long transit and may not necessarily be felt by everybody um, as it is a trans-Saturnian planet and not all people are attuned to the outer planets beyond Saturn. Um, and what that and the reason is is because it's just not meant for everyone. Like it's just not in everyone's um progression to attune to the outer planets. Some people would argue against that. Some people would say that's not true. We have a connection to all of the outer planets. We just have to make that connection happen more consciously. Um, Uranus connects us to or teaches us about the way that we view society. So when Uranus stations retrograde, it means that there is a re-evaluation around society and the societal norms, as well as the structure in which we see our community. So there's a restructuring that can happen in a lot of communities. And with Uranus being in Taurus, that means that there's going to be a significant shift in also the land um the land that we're standing on and the um the foundations for which our communities are based on so we might see some uh what are they called when people when companies or businesses have a manifesto um, we might see some manifestos be re-established um, or re-communicated changed freshened up a bit uh, on the personal level, when Uranus is retrograde, we tend to start to acknowledge what we are not identifying with anymore, similarly to the new moon in Leo. So the new moon in Leo, I think, is going to be a great indicator for how the following uh, five months are going to be while Uranus is in retrograde. So the new moon in Leo <clears throat> that happens on the 16th of August can be the information that we need in order to start shifting and changing our positions within our communities over the next five months into January. So by January, which is Aquarius season, we will see the results of those shifts, which is interesting when you think about how Uranus comes into a strong connection to that new moon in Leo, and then by January turns direct when we're in Aquarius season, which is the ruler or is the sign that Uranus rules and also the opposite sign of Leo. So, and then we start another square cycle with Uranus again. So this new moon in Leo and all of the Uranian energies of August are going to come back and we're going to see the integration of all of that in January and throughout Aquarius season. So keep that in mind, do some journaling, journal a lot during the new moon in Leo so that you have a sense of what to expect the changes may be for you throughout the next five month period. When Uranus is retrograde, it's also allowing us to feel more detachment to the parts and areas of our lives that are no longer relevant for us. And we might find ourselves shifting and changing our interests during that period of time um, and disconnecting emotionally from things that we used to heavily identify with. But again, I think it's going to be, I think it's mostly going to show up for us in our relationships to our community. Um, so community and friendships. Let's see. Okay. And now it's a bit of a recap because taking a look at the chart, we've got starting up here at the top, Pluto retrograde, Saturn retrograde, Neptune retrograde, Chiron, Uranus, Venus, Mercury. Woo, that's six planets and Chiron 
all retrograde at one period of time. That's a lot of retrogrades. People born during this little window of all of these planets retrograde, um, that's a lot. That's a lot. It's, you know, I have read for people, I read for someone, I remember he had seven retrogrades in his in his chart. And also from what I've learned about having that many retrogrades, it is kind of a redoing of the past. It's a karmic re redo, um, essentially. It's uh, oftentimes souls that are born during a high retrograde period are coming back to do things um, over again because they have to I don't know, prove themselves or make things right. Um, it's like having a second chance, essentially. So for those of us who are living through all of these retrogrades, um, it's just going to be a time where you shouldn't expect <laughs> much to happen. Be open, be flexible, allow change. Uh, don't be too concerned with your um, long range goals. Um, be open minded to new directions and new thought forms coming into your consciousness. Um, and then also right in between, so t August 28th until September 3rd, all the six, all these six planets plus Chiron will be retrograde. And then what happens on September 3rd is that Venus stations direct. However, boop, Jupiter turns retrograde. <sighs> and then Venus squares Jupiter shortly after. Um, <laughs> So then now on September, starting September 4th, we will have all of the outer planets plus Jupiter and Mercury retrograde. Um, interestingly, going back to August, because I don't want to get too far ahead, August 28th, going back to August 28th, during the short window, while Venus is also retrograde, the only two planets that are direct is Mars and Jupiter. And so Mars and Jupiter, which are the two fire, fire planets, I mean, they don't have an element, but I mean, they're, they rule fire signs plus Scorpio. Well, actually, traditionally, Jupiter rules Pisces and Sagittarius. And then traditionally, Mars rules Aries and Scorpio. So what's interesting is that they have dual elemental rulership over fire and water. So it wouldn't be appropriate to say that they're both fire planets, um, even though in modern astrology, they only rule Sagittarius and Aries. But that's why I don't like modern rulership for certain things because um i've just been starting to notice that it's very limiting and uh the traditional rulership opens up more understanding of these planetary bodies um, because they're more dynamic when they have their traditional rulerships for instance with jupiter ruling over pisces and sagittarius it gives you a bit more awareness or understanding of what Jupiter brings to the table. Because when you add in the element of spirituality from Pisces and not just like philosophical belief systems and politics and um, religion from Sagittarius, you start to see Jupiter as a more all-encompassing spiritual planet or a guru or a guide or a teacher. And then Mars, 
being a ruler over Scorpio and Aries, not just Aries, you see the dynamic range of Mars open up a bit more as the ruler of Scorpio, which is this deep transformational sign. So Mars also brings us transformation and change and initiates those things. That's where the change comes from is through Mars action and Mars behaviors. Mars is a is like a trigger point for change. So when you get Mars and Uranus together, ooh, that's a quick, immediate, fast change, um, unexpected. So let's see what else we've got. Doo -doo. So I guess in general, my interpretation with all the planets besides Mars and Jupiter retrograde is that we're gonna have, okay, I'm also going to break it down a little bit more because Mars is debilitated in Libra. So it's going to be a frustrating time. Not going to lie. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be hard to make move, take to move forward. There's probably going to be a lot of gossip <laughs> and there's probably going to be a lot of like kind of communication, bickering, share like um, gossip, talking um, in the ethers, moving around, but not a lot of action happening. So I think there's going to be a lot of talk and not a lot of action um, and a lot of planning and a lot of like prepping and a lot of like, you know, mental activity without a lot of seeing results, which also can be good for, like I mentioned earlier, with Mercury retrograde. Um, prepping, planning, planning ahead, you know, not necessarily doing anything yet, but like getting all your ducks in a row, gathering all the things, kind of just like imagine a squirrel going around the forest, collecting all of its nuts and putting them in all their little places, getting prepared for the future to come. Uh, and what else? The new full moon. We've got two full moons in one month. And that's at 6.35 p.m. on August 30th. 6.35 p.m. So that's West Coast time again full moon in pisces the moon will be conjunct saturn and so we're going to have some awarenesses come up for us regarding boundaries how fun i'm sure you haven't heard that word nearly enough <laughs> um but yes so august 30th you may have to initiate or enact some boundaries when the sun is in virgo it's you're typically focusing on your work, on what needs to get done. Uh, Moon in Pisces is trying to pull you out of the finer details and bring you into a larger scope. So it can be hard, especially when Saturn is right there, to see that larger picture or access that more ethereal uh, fantasy imaginary realm because you have to be forced into the practical so though we may feel this desire or pull to go into the illusory and uh, creative spaces where something practical is bringing us back down to earth and saying no there's a boundary around your time and what is feasible so we're kind of like you know um it's like meeting a brick wall of reality <laughs> with saturn there also too with saturn we can maybe go into a bit of a depression feel a little forlorn feel a little like mm, just like uh i don't know not bummed but bored i guess or just like uninspired um but through that through the full moon energy, you can access your relationship to your spiritual realm. Um, but you might just do it through a more practical lens. So for instance, maybe you're craving um, spiritual connection, but you want to do it in a way that is realistic 
or you have to put some parameters around your spiritual practice or let's say your altar needs to be cleaned up because it's dusty and the spirits are mad at you for that and they're not talking so you're realizing there's this again like brush up with the reality or the brush up with what our responsibilities are in order to access those higher realms and higher imaginative or creative spaces um even for artists and creative types or creative folks it's just seeing what your limitations are with your vision and then realizing the pieces that you have to put together in order to make that happen so again going back to the themes for all the retrogrades happening throughout the next months um it's a lot of planning and prepping and getting ready for something eventually um i think that is it i think that's it everyone i am um offering readings so if you would like to book a reading with me you can do that on my website themysticparlor.com i'm also offering now new coaching astro hypnosis coaching packages where we have one hour consultation and then i create a program specifically for you based off of what it is that you want to work on using astrology and hypnosis some oracle some tarot but mostly focusing on astrology and hypnosis techniques to help you and guide you into um into you know change uh, what do you want to change? What do you want to access? Where do you feel blocked? Where do you feel limited? I want to use hypnosis to help reorient your frame of thinking and to, which helps you to change your actions. So your thoughts create actions which create your reality and create your future. In the Buddhist text, they say that thoughts create your next life. So every thought that you have is creating your next incarnation. So getting a hold of your thinking, get, taking control of your thoughts is the first step towards liberation. And so I, hypnosis is designed to help you to overcome obsessive thinking, um, critical thinking, anxiety, depression, um, what have you. Also, I'm going to stop sharing this. Okay, so also uh, subscribe, like, follow, share all the things. Uh, I am hoping to monetize off of these videos so that you don't have to pay me, that I can just get the ad revenue to come through so that you can continue to have free content and free astrological information and education, which is my, my big my big drive. Um, you can follow me on Spotify, become a subscriber there. Also, you can subscribe to my email list, themysticparlor.com. Should anything fall apart catastrophically, maybe I'll have your email, I can email you. Um, what else? I have an event coming up in September, um, September 9th. And it's going to be out here in Joshua Tree, and I'm going to be leading a hypnosis and also a, an astrology workshop. So I will have more details. If you go to my website and you subscribe to my email list, then you'll get all of that information delivered to your inbox when the information comes available. Otherwise, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you. Leave a comment down below so I can engage with you and see what y'all are thinking about these transits and the full moon and the nodes and what have you have a wonderful rest of the month and see you when i see you